Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Urgent Protect Our Province COVID-19 briefing for Alberta on Thursday, September 9th, 2021. This unplanned broadcast is live streaming from the traditional and ancestral territory of many peoples. We are grateful to live and work in Alberta, a province on the traditional territory of 48 different First Nations and the unceded homeland of the Métis Nation. We apologize for the lack of simultaneous access to captioning and ASL. Both will be uploaded as soon as possible post this urgent messaging. We recognize the importance of informing all Albertans about the state of COVID-19 in our province, and we will endeavor to have the information accessible as soon as possible. Since we began these briefings, we have promised Albertans a regular panel of doctors and experts who endeavor to bring timely, accurate updates on the COVID-19 crisis in Alberta, and that is why we are here today. Today's briefing will aim to be no longer than 15 minutes in length, to assist Albertans in making safe and informed decisions for themselves and their families as this entirely predictable and preventable tragedy continues to unfold. Thank you everyone for joining us today for this urgent broadcast. With me today, I have Dr. Schwartz, Dr. Vipond, Dr. Bakshi, Dr. Gasparovich, Dr. Lee, and Dr. Parks, members of Protect Our Province, Alberta. Each of them will make a brief statement to help Albertans explore some of what was said today. We have no intention of regularly broadcasting after Alberta Health Conferences, but today we felt that we needed to. We are going to begin with Dr. Bakshi. It's, it's very hard for me to even put into words what I'm feeling right now. We saw, we saw a complete abandonment of health and well-being for, for Albertans from the government. They took no responsibility for an overwhelmed system. Where is the moral compass of our leaders? Because of this inaction, Albertans will die. They will not get the care that they need, even though every healthcare worker on this panel in this province will do their damnedest to make sure they do. We will continue to fight for you because unlike our government, we deeply care for you. Please continue to mask, stay home when you can, and vaccinate. Thank you very much, Dr. Bakshi. I am now going to move over to Dr. Wingley. I'm absolutely floored that they completely left out schools in the supposed update. No one even uttered the word schools once in the jumbled word salads. They need to answer to why they've removed contact tracing for schools. Dr. Hinshaw's excuse that they're moving to immunization focus holds no water considering children under 12 are not eligible. It's nonsensical that no school safety measures were added at this point. This is gross government negligence. Children are getting sick en masse on their watch. The rise in case numbers is already ravaging schools a weekend. Every public school in Madison Hat has cases, every public school. There are already schools in Calgary and Edmonton that have hit their new 10% absenteeism threshold. We have no data, no information on schools for not only risking our children's health, due to an inability to vaccinate under 12, but swift transmission control measures are were not announced. We're risking a lot here. We're risking access to in-person education. No leadership, we're left to navigate this Delta wave in the dark with blindfolds on and no paddles. I will now move over to Dr. Schwartz. So, our healthcare system truly is at the brink of collapse right now. We have 
130% capacity in our ICUs. There has been widespread cancellation of surgeries. There's continued exponential spread of the virus in the community. And cases are going to continue to inundate our system. And predictably, people are going to die. And at this point, the cause is negligence. So the government's continued failure to act is either due to profound incompetence or malice. And it's as simple as that. We implore the government to take swift and decisive action to decrease transmissions now. We need a firebreaker so that we can limit change of transmission and we need vaccine passports so that we are not going to be in the same situation six weeks from now. But we need action. I will now move over to Dr. Parks. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the government's failed us. Uh, they failed to lead. It's an absolute failure. We need targeted uh, public health measures that will give us a fire break. They need to be tired, targeted, and, and, and they had to have been done yesterday. It's time for the unvaccinated who can be vaccinated that, that restrictions are put on them. Uh, and so real, like, Real human beings are already suffering because of this. You know, uh, people are becoming aware of Eric Mulder, who has a large brain tumor, whose sur scheduled surgery has been canceled. But he's just one of, it's terrible, it's horrible. And he's one of thousands of Albertans right now that are facing that because our capacity is so strained and because our government refuses to take leadership and, and implement measures that we all know need to be done measures like, you know, passport vaccine, uh, vaccines, vaccine passports, I'm sorry, things like all the measures mentioned for schools and, and to protect our children. And, and the one thing I just want everybody to understand right now is that all of my healthcare uh, providers and allied healthcare providers are seeing this on the front lines every day already. Our eMERGE departments have the people who can't get into their scheduled surgeries are coming there. The people who are suffering from COVID because they haven't been vaccinated. It, 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 we are seeing this already and, and it's beyond time to act. Uh, we, we need help. And, and uh, I guess I can just finish by saying we're all begging for the government to lead because I don't want them to wait until I or my colleagues are in a position where uh, I have to make the choice. Does that 35 year old get the last ventilator or does the 55 year old? Uh, we need to act before that happens. Thank you, Dr. Parks. I will now move over to Dr. Gasparovic. So we are in a very bad situation now in Alberta. COVID hospitalizations and ICUs occupancy grows extremely fast. It grows faster now than in previous two waves, doubling every 12 days. It's not stopping yet. And we are already above capacity in ICU. We need immediate firebreaker measures to stop this growth and stop the crisis we are already in. And it's possible to stop it with decisive measures like we see in New Zealand. New Zealand managed to bend this curve, although it's Delta, with just 28% total population vaccinated. Our population is much more vaccinated, so we can absolutely do it, but decisive immediate measures are necessary to obtain it. Thank you.
Thank you, Dr. Gasparovich. I am now going to move over to Dr. Vipond. Oh, Dr. Vipond, your mic is currently muted. I think it's pretty obvious with this non-news non conference which happened today that these leaders don't give a fuck about Albertans. Um, it's tragic to say, and I, I, I hate to use an expletive. I re recognize it's unprofessional, but man, these guys are so unprofessional. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. Like if, if I went into work and recurrently killed patients, there would be consequences for that. And these guys are like, well, you know, we made a mistake. Um, just let me, you know, continue doing my best at uh, making more mistakes. Um, they've lost my trust. They've lost the trust of the majority of Albertans, um, as evidenced by polling. Uh, and and they yet they continue to feel like they have the right to um, to to not enact policies to 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 prevent illness and death amongst preventable illness and death amongst our population. Um, I just quickly ran the numbers based on the statistics. Um, it looks like the um, hospitalizations are, are worse than in previous waves. We're now at 4.2%. Um, so just from today's numbers, 1552, we're going to have 64 hospital admissions coming, coming at us. Just from today's numbers, we're going to have uh, 12 ICU admissions. And just from today's numbers, we're going to um, have 14 deaths. That's based on previous uh, statistics throughout the pandemic, which seem to be getting worse. Um, this government recurrently states that the only way they're going to get out of this is through vaccinations. Um, I think that is unrealistic. I don't know of any other jurisdiction, including the UK, including Israel, who have gotten through a severe exponential growth wave of, of Delta, relying on um, vaccines alone. Uh, here's what I think should be happening. I think we should be uh, reinstituting mandatory masks in schools. It's outrageous. The teachers are the only um, workers in this province that don't have protection. We need to be res resuming notification of positive scales, uh, positive cases to schools. It's incredible that that kids are getting COVID and being allowed to return to school and, and the parents don't even know that they've their kids have been exposed. We need resumption of good contact tracing. I don't care what uh, Dr. Hinshaw says, it's been a cornerstone of good COVID management throughout the world. Um, we need resumption of asymptomatic testing, and that includes those that are identified through contact tracing as close contacts. We need closure of indoor dining and drinking. We need limits to indoors and outdoor gatherings still in Alberta right now. We can have 5,000 person concerts. We can have 500 person weddings. There are no limits at all. And we need a vaccine passport because we know that uh, from other jurisdictions like Colorado, that um, this carrot of $100 is not, doesn't have near the power of the stick of, you don't wanna be a part of a, a caring society, well then there are some, some responsibilities, some consequences to that. So uh, I call on the government to do what's right, to do what's worked in previous um, waves in this province. Um, and and uh, please, please, I, we're totally begging you, don't let Albertans suffer because of your inaction. Thank you very much, Dr. Vipond. Um, with us, we currently have Bill Kaufman from the Calgary Herald. I am going to add Bill to the stream. Bill, please feel free to address your question or questions to whomever you so desire. Yeah, hi guys. Um, hope you can hear me. Yes, we can. Thank you, Bill. 
Um, I've, I've just I'm working on a sort of a specific story on the COVID situation, and I, I mentioned it to Joe before, and it's something a little bit off off to the side a bit. Um, I've noticed that in, in our long-term care facilities, especially around Calgary, there's there's been quite an increase in outbreaks. Um, they've quadrupled over the past month, and I, I suppose it's consistent with with everything else, with all the other trends that we've been seeing, and. Um, I know that the the residents at these long-term care facilities have been vaccinated. I mean, they've been they were the first to be vaxxed, right? So I'm wondering why 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 do you think this is happening now? And um, and you know what should be what should be done about it? I, I know not all of the staff have been vaccinated, and it doesn't sound like there's been a there's a mandatory. Uh, it's a mandatory measure for all of these for all of these staff, at least in the private um, LTCs, to be vaccinated. Um, I, so I'm just wondering, why do you think this is happening, and what do you think could be done to to address this one corner of our crisis? Dr. Parks, would you like to? Oh, and Dr. Gasparovic. So, what we see from Israel is that the vaccine efficacy efficiency is waning over time. So people who were vaccinated long time ago, like January, February, March, have less protection by the vaccine than people who were vaccinated more recently, like in the summer. Um, and the best protection for anybody is to reduce the spread in the community. Uh, yes, we can, we can top up the vaccine. So that's what Israel does now, that they give booster shots for elderly people. And that absolutely should be should be done, and also like dramatic reduction of the cases in the community, plus airborne transmission. Addressing airborne transmission, that's something that is not addressed here enough. So air filtration in long-term care facilities, ventilation, and KN95 and higher masks for everybody. And I, I just quickly just add to that, absolutely. And the other piece is, so it's just a numbers game uh, within the fact that there's just so much transmission in the community that it's increasing transmission and we are getting some vaccinated people getting it. But the other big large piece is, is 100% we need all of our healthcare workers vaccinated uh, so that uh, we can diminish the chance that someone that's unvaccinated brings that into these facilities. So. Uh, definitely applaud uh, AHS taking that big step, and I hope that they include include the contractors that they are uh, affiliated with in long-term care facilities. But uh, again, that would be an example where a government needs to mandate that if you're going to work with vulnerable populations, which are our, our elderly long-term care facilities absolutely are, then we absolutely need to mandate uh, vaccines for all the healthcare workers. Do you have a follow-up question, Bill? Um, yeah, I, I think it's something along the lines of um, the, the biggest issue at hand uh, right now. And you, some of you um, dealt with this yesterday. That uh, I mean, how close are we to, I don't know, really hitting a brick wall, um, triaging this kind of thing? I mean, it's... It, the numbers just don't look very good, and um, yeah, where where are we with that? How how dire really? How dire is this chronologically? 
I will start with Dr. Vipont and then I will move over to Dr. Schwartz. Oh, Joe, you are still muted. Dr. Vipont. The classic uh, meeting error. Um, I just uh, want to point out the numbers. So our hospitalizations continue to increase at a rate of 39% week over week. Um, so from Tuesday to Tuesday, it was a 39% increase. And ICU going up 43% per week, which is a doubling time of 14 days. So um, just do a quick math. Today we're at 154, doubling time of 14 days. Today's the ninth. 14 plus 9 is 23. So um, if this trend continues, we can expect 308 patients in the ICU. Uh, I turn to my colleagues, where are we going to put 308 ICU patients? Where are we going to find the staff for that? So this comes to that concept of triage that we're basically going to have to allow people to die yeah, rather than give them the intensive care that they need because of the, um, the, the uh, um, lack of, of policy. And, and just to reiterate, these are all deaths. These are all ICU admissions that are not occurring in jurisdictions like Nova Scotia and Newfoundland where they've actually had policy to limit spread. We decided to allow it to run rampant. Um, I'd like listeners and media to look up something called the Great Barrington Declaration and uh, who's behind that and how it seems quite evident that this government has, has been trying to do something similar for the last uh, seven weeks now. So, um, you know, we really are in a, a desperate situation, um, which is evident by the fact that you know, surgeries are being cancelled in order to to make uh, make room uh, to reshuffle um, healthcare workers like like skilled nurses, for example, from ORs uh, to the ICU, and also to re reduce the burden um, of the number of patients that are coming to the ICU for postoperative care. Um, so, you know, I just want to reiterate that these patients that are waiting for surgery, uh, although we call it elective surgery. You know, really what that means is patients are not imminently dying, but very much these, the lack of access to, to surgical care um, is absolutely going to have a, a, a long-term impact on their quality of life and uh, in many cases on their survival. And so it is, you know, essential that we don't lose, lose track of that. And then, you know, in the ICU, the care that we provide in these surge beds, um, you know, once we get into a situation where we have to um, be moving patients into to areas not traditionally considered ICUs, um, once we're providing care by, uh, by nurses or physicians who do not have extensive ICU experience, patients suffer and, and, and people die of, of preventable causes. And so we are, you know, we've blown past that barrier. We are, are you know, really in the thick of things. So, um, you know, it's, as Dr. Vipon said, it's only going to get worse, you know, in the next 12 days. Um, this is not sustainable. Uh, we've gone from 95% um, capacity on Friday. We're now at 130% capacity. And, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunately... It's, it's entirely predictable. Patients are dying and the government is doing absolutely nothing to step in and ensure that chains of transmission are stopped. 
there are plenty of tools that are in their tool belt. We could be implementing rapid testing in order to access um, common areas. We can be mandating uh, vaccines in order to access restaurants and, and uh, other social facilities. Um, and we could be closing down indoor dining and, and restaurants. We need a mask mandate that doesn't have so many holes in it. It's, it's porous like a sponge. Um, you know, to, to exclude, um, you know, houses of worship, to exclude schools makes absolutely no sense. This government is not doing what they could be to be reducing transmission, and we are already seeing the consequences. And we cannot abide by sitting by for another week, week and a half before they look at it and see invariably what is going to be a failure of these half measures to achieve the desired outcome. Does that answer your question, Bill? I think so. Thank you. Thank you. Can, very I, much. can I just add one thing really quick? Sorry. I just want to reiterate too, just uh, so uh, just really that one of the things that we're all worried about too is that so because we all have all these half measures or no measures, then they're going to force us to things like full closures and, and, and ex closing schools and extreme things that should be done at the very end, very last steps. So if they did targeted vaccine passports where, where the vaccinated could go out and masks and schools and these things, we could avoid those drastic end stages. Instead, they're doing nothing that's going to force us in a week or two to go back to that everything model that, that no Albert wants, but maybe necessary. Thank you very much, Dr. Parks. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. We are past our 15 moments, 15 minutes for today, I think rightfully so. I know as an Albertan, I watched our government's press conference today and I heard a lot about the words trust. And at the same time, I also heard about 44 of my fellow Albertans whose deaths were reported from Friday to today. What is an acceptable loss number for this government in order to put some targeted measures in place that will mean next Monday we won't hear of 60 more Albertans who have been lost in this entirely predictable and preventable wave. During the last 15 minutes, I have heard a lot of the Protect Our Province panelists plead with our government for some meaningful action that can save lives. Help them. Write your MLAs, write your MPs, call those offices tomorrow morning. That way next Monday, we haven't senselessly, predictably, and as Dr. Vipon likes to say, intentionally, cruelly said goodbye to more of our communities. We will be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. for our regularly scheduled update on vaccine passports, vaccine access, <laughs> vaccination uptake,
all of the things relating to vaccines. Before I roll our extra, does anyone else have anything that they would like to add? Thank you very much, Alberta, for listening. Thank you very much for joining us. Stay safe. Hug those you love. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.